0: Thank you for downloading the Focus on the Family Parenting Podcast. You can find more helpful advice at focusonthefamily.com slash parentingpodcast. All right, so you have a two- or three-year-old who knows how to scream long and loud, and it usually works. You give in. I'm John Fuller, along with Danny Huerta, head of our parenting department. And, Danny, um, they might be small, but children do learn pretty early on that I can get what I want if I just
1: raise a big enough stink. Especially in public places. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> when everybody else is watching, you just want it to stop. And uh, very true. They learn from an early age. They, they begin to train the parents on how to respond to them when they scream. Once they learn that, uh, there are going to be some embarrassing moments that you endure To train them on how the screaming works.
0: And we're going to hear now about how you can train a screaming child to calm down. Uh, Jim Daly and I spoke with Dr. Henry Cloud and Dr. John Townsend.
2: Let me uh, read from a comment that we received here at Focus on the Family from a a mom of a a toddler. Let me just read it and get your response to this example. Uh, She said, we have a very strong three-year-old. When things don't go her way or she's tired, she screams for long periods of time. Uh, We've tried several different types of discipline and none of them seem to work. Uh, We're at a loss as to what we can do to stop the screaming and tantrums. Again, as a parent of young toddlers, where is that normal, and you just got to kind of look the other way, put them in an area of the house where it doesn't drive you crazy. Uh, but what is she dealing with there? Well, there's really only two fixes to this. I mean, the way you look
3: at what a parent can do when you've got the situation. And by the way, that's not okay. I mean, sooner or later that's got to end. Right. You don't want that happening at seven, eight, nine, ten. No, you don't.
4: Or 40. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> right. That's
3: okay. enough. Fair enough. So number one is when people say, and I hear this all the time, well, we tried this, sometimes they mean, I tried a timeout once and they didn't like it so there's another is there another answer well, no, no. Sometimes you've got to do that same thing a lot of times, especially if you've got a kid who's been trained by maybe you rescuing them or giving them too many chances. You do the same thing a lot, and there's a there's That's basically right. a learning effect, and the kid learns, oh, it's going to happen again. The 30th time, gosh, is the tipping point. Sometimes it's you're not doing the right consequence, and so sometimes parents have to figure out what really means something to my kid. Is it taking away a, t- a favorite toy or getting them out of the action with the other kids? So always... Number one is do the, same, the right thing over and over and over and over again and don't say, well, we tried it a couple of times. But number two, try different things that matter to the child. So
2: you're saying stick with it. St- don't with give it. up.
4: Right, and I'd say something else about this is that's very effective. When you put a kid in timeout and they're you know old enough to understand, this is for a minute or whatever, one of the things that I think is very powerful, I do it with my kids all the time, is say, uh, you know, if you scream, the, the clock starts over. <laughs> right. So you get out of time out when you've been quiet for a minute and they earn their way out by doing the right behavior. And you've got to always remember, you're trying to, it's like the Bible says, put off the old and put on the new. You're trying to get rid
2: of negative behavior, but you're trying to teach positive behavior at the same time. Right. Yeah. The aspirational side of this whole equation. Uh, Let's dig into another law in your book, Boundaries with Kids. Uh, You talk about the law of responsibility, which we're touching on that. And that's why I wanted to bring that up. You're really aiming for your children to grow up to be responsible adults. And I think that's wrapped into your law of responsibility. Oh, yeah. I mean, kids come out of the womb with the mantra, you're responsible for me.
3: But at, in infancy, that's really true. Right? Mom is the lifeline, and she's the life support system, and they can't survive without it. So, so in those first few months, probably the first year of life... Yeah, the kid has very little responsibility except to survive and grow and have their metabolism to to begin to calm down and stabilize. But after that point, a big, big part of parenting is helping the child understand you're responsible for your behavior and for your attitude and your actions and your feelings and all these sorts of
2: things, and that begins the process of them becoming a functioning human. Uh, you know, John and Henry, one of the difficulties, and I see it all say it, I see it in my own parenting, and I think Jean and I together. Um, We can want to have that tenderness toward our child. We can move from that Mm. kind of baby stage where you're actively engaged, and deriving probably some intrinsic benefit from being that parent that is taking care of that child and you have to feed it. You have to change his diapers. You have to do all these things. You're giving to that child and giving to that child. And then, you know, they become seven, eight, and nine. And you're still holding on to your old behaviors, and you're not matching the mental and emotional needs of your older child now. That could be disastrous. And I see it for us. Uh, Let me, you know, just with uh, our boys, we can, if we have an error in our parenting, it tends to go that way. We're doing too much for them you've got those milestones that you've got to be handing off handing off i have
3: a a great failure story on my my own confession this is (laughs) i think that barbie my wife and i we went too long and when do you wake up the kids and when you let the alarm (laughs) clock wake up the kids Mm -hmm. and it was sort of like you go in and you 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 say wake up and then you come back in 10 minutes later and then turn the shower on and all this horrible like rescuing stuff but we like the nurturing part And then I finally realized I'm creating somebody who's going to like... Is the boss going to wake them up? Is their wife going to wake them up? So I, I told the family at breakfast, I said, I'm retiring, not from parenting, but I'm retiring from waking you ever up again. I'm not your bellman. And what happened was nobody believed me. And so the school called us saying... You're getting, you know, it's that recording that says, this is is the office, and where are your kids? And my wife's a teacher, and so (laughs) her shame hits. I'm an educator, and I said, I'm not doing it again. I went and bought the biggest alarm clock you could get at the hardware store, (laughs) put it across the room so it bugs them, and so they had to get up. And after day number three, they had demerits until day number three, and then they woke up Mm. after that. But I had that same nurture and influence until I fired myself.
0: We've tried to do that in our home, but my wife's response will be, "But then I'm inconvenienced because then the child needs to get to the appointment or whatever. It really, I'm so I'm waking them up." Because otherwise, I pay a price.
4: And that is mm. such an important principle, and here's the deal. The bottom line, parenting will not be convenient, okay? But our question is, do I want to be inconvenienced a few times now, or do I want to be inconvenienced for the next 10 years? Mm. John went through three days of inconvenience, and then the inconvenience is over. The enabling literally, and you know, this is what we all need to realize as parents. It can go on till they're 40.
2: That's the fear. You're looking at the (laughs)
4: failure to launch syndrome if you don't get this done early. And the earlier, the better, as long as it's age-appropriate. You know, they ought to be getting themselves out of bed. They ought to be dressed and down for breakfast at a certain time. When are they going to cook breakfast
2: for yeah. us? I mean, that's where Well, <laughs> and John, I want At I really... about 7 or
4: so. Yes. Yeah. 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 I mean, I house. really
2: yeah. want to reemphasize that because I think one of the things is, as parents who are wanting to live by the rules and represent, the Lord, well, uh, we want to, I think, at times jump in and overcompensate for our kids' inadequacies, which are normal. But it takes a lot of courage to do what you did. All three um, of them hated me for three days. I,
3: yeah. But now they like me.
2: Yeah.
1: So, John, I, w- I was uh, just reminiscing on a moment with my son at the store. He wanted something. And I'm sure every parent relates to this that uh he he wanted some me to buy something for him and he had grabbed it and it was his to have and then he started to get really angry when i put it back and started to yell and scream mm-hmm. and i had to just turn around and wave at people just uh <laughs> <laughs> enjoy the show is yeah. what I said <laughs> enjoy the show I had a child yeah. I left
0: looking at the toilet paper he was we were in the super center and he was having a meltdown. and I just left him sitting there I walked down to the end of the aisle turned the corner and just I, mean, I could hear him yeah. I knew he wasn't going to go very far but it was like sorry dude you're going to have to have your little temper tantrum apart from me right it's really yeah. important for kids to get that message early on that yeah I'm not falling for
1: that have at it yeah just, just just have at it and sometimes at that moment it may be a good time to to realize that maybe this was not a good time maybe your your child is hungry maybe they're tired it's time to leave the store and that's okay to do sometimes yeah and sometimes it's just waiting it out if they need to scream you just Maybe if you have some extra earplugs, they're screamers, you can give it to some people. Hey, it is my yeah. gift to you, my gift to you. You know, the truth is, gonna is happen. this
0: is about, I mean, I'm sorry, we're painting a picture of inconvenient and awkwardness in life when you're wow. a parent, but that's actually just part of the package. If you don't it's want to true. be inconvenienced, don't have kids because yeah. they will interrupt everything about
1: life. Mm-hmm. Uh, wow. That's part of the package. Diaper changing in very weird places yes. sometimes. <laughs> I, I remember the sink at Olive Garden. Oh the no no! This is in the restroom. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. In the sink, and and dads were laughing. I had it on my leg. Oh and, golly! Yeah, and it wasn't it wasn't pretty. I smelled no. a little weird. Yeah,
0: but you still remember it. Still remember it. It was a good moment. The truth is, yeah. you can get over these hurdles and help your child grow. There is light at the end of the tunnel. You got to show up, be consistent, have those boundaries that our guests have talked about, and uh, they've written a lot about how uh, you're responsible for some things, your child for other things. And those boundaries are crucial for understanding. Uh, Get the book Boundaries for Kids from us here at Focus on the Family. Uh, It's yours when you make a gift of any amount to the ministry here. You know, we've helped hundreds of thousands of parents because of generous donations from friends like you. Your gift of any amount makes a difference, and you can call that gift in or make it online. We've got details in the episode notes. Next time, Dr. Kathy Cook will share a really fun way to learn more about your children Uh, Meantime, I'm John Fuller, and on behalf of Danny Huerta and the entire team, thanks for listening today to the Focus on the Family Parenting podcast.